to Bedlam or not to Bedlam? That is the question. We got one Bedlam game, maybe two coming up in the next couple of weeks. Beyond that, who knows? We'll talk about what the coaches and the former coach had to say about whether or not Oklahoma and Oklahoma State should continue the Bedlam matchup. We'll talk about what's going to happen this Saturday in Bedlam, and I'll give you my picks against the spread for Big 12 action on today's episode of Locked on Sooners. Are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, welcome to the Friday edition of the Locked On Sooners podcast. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Hope it was a great day with family and friends. And that you enjoyed your football watching. I did not enjoy my football watching. My Dallas Cowboys uh, struggled again defensively and allowed Derek Carr and the Raiders to score 36 points in overtime, falling 36 to 33. But hey, took the over and took the Raiders plus those seven and a half points over at betonline.ag. So it was a loss, but yet also a win. So anyway, it's Bedlam. We are just now less than two days away from Oklahoma and Oklahoma state locking up in a top 10 battle uh, in Stillwater. And it's going to be a fantastic game. I think it's going to be another close game. We had a great show uh, with Linda Godfrey from locked on pokes earlier this week, where we broke it all down and talked about the ins and outs for both teams. I'll dig more into what I feel like Oklahoma's keys to the game are for Saturday's game against the Oklahoma state Cowboys. Uh, But I also want to talk a little bit about what um, the coaches Mike Gundy, Lincoln Riley, the former coach Bob Stoops had to say about whether or not they should continue this game in the future. Now, you know, whispers are out there that have kind of indicated that maybe Oklahoma and Texas are moving to the SEC as soon as next year, even though the TV rights deals have them locked in and through 2024. It always kind of made sense that the, the two big schools that were heading to the SEC would do it as early as 2022, because I mean, how awkward is it to just sit around and be like, Hey, we're breaking up, but we're going to sit around for another three years and just hang around in the conference. I just don't foresee that happening. You know, I think both the league, the big 12 and the schools will look for a, uh, an avenue to make the split at least financially amicable uh, as Oklahoma and Texas look to go to the sec, which means Bedlam is very much in doubt. You know, we talked about it earlier in the year when the news first broke that Oklahoma was heading to the SEC, that the uh, the president over at Oklahoma State, Casey Shrum, was a little bit uh, disappointed. She was hurt by the idea that Oklahoma would leave without Oklahoma State, whereas, you know, 10 years ago, the move to the Pac-12, a lot of that hinged on the fact, on the idea that maybe Oklahoma State would go with Oklahoma wherever they ended up in realignment and and it kind of held the Sooners back a little bit. Uh, conferences weren't necessarily as interested in bringing Oklahoma State along. Oklahoma decided to stay in the Big 12 at the time with Texas and Oklahoma State. And really all it's done is lead to a conference that has very poor leadership and very little direction as far as, you know, uh, compared to the rest of the Power Five. It took them 10 years to get back to 12 teams and and that was only after Oklahoma and Texas decided to leave that they actually felt like they needed to expand to get back to 12 expansion expansion should have happened years ago this is something that 
it just never made sense for Oklahoma, Oklahoma to sit at 10. Yes. You know, they would have gone to schools that maybe didn't have the same pull that maybe a Texas A&M, Missouri, Colorado, Nebraska had, but still you had to do, they had to do something. They had to figure out something. And it, at this point, it's just a little bit too late. So should Bedlam continue? I, for one, think it should. I, I know a lot of it's going to depend on what the SEC schedule looks like, what the makeup of the conferences looks like. Is it going to be an East-West thing? Is it going to be a pod system where you know there's just three other teams in the pod and you kind of play a rotating schedule? Now, if it is an S, you know, if it's an East and West thing, and you have a 16-team conference, you got eight um, team or yeah, eight teams per division. You're playing seven those seven games every year. And then you're going to play a rotation of the other kind of eight games. So say you play, let's just say you play nine uh, conference games in a year. You add Bedlam, that's the 10th. Then you have two more, you have room for two more uh, non-conference games. I think that really works. So like if you play that, say you rotate the SEC West uh, every couple of years, or you, you rotate in the interdivisional matchups every couple, every few years. So like you'll play, maybe you play a home and home you know, over two years and then the next, you know, four years later or three years later, you play another home and home with another group of the sec schools from another division. Uh, I think it still provides an opportunity for you to continue to play Bedlam. Now Lincoln Riley for his money, he says nothing really has changed. Like from our, their perspective, Oklahoma's perspective, they'd still like to play the game. This isn't something that they're trying to get out of. They, they want to play Oklahoma state. They think it's good for the the state it's good for the both universities uh you know you listen to mike gundy say it, you know talk about it and he had a pretty elaborate you know discussion on it and uh for him it comes down to wins you know he thinks that you know wins helps build revenue by building um enrollment at the university i guess there's studies out there that say that he's he claims that there are um i think for oklahoma state i mean what what drawing power do they have really to make revenue as a college football program other than what they are in the Big 12 and Bedlam with Oklahoma? I, it's hard for me to say. I mean, still from Oklahoma State's perspective, a lot of this just feels like they're just disappointed and they're hurt that Oklahoma would move on without them. And I get that. And, and, it's one of those situations that they could continue to, you know, just live in this world where, you know, Oklahoma is the the bad guy, or they can just kind of put their feelings aside and decide, you know what, we should play Bedlam and we should make that money because what, what are we seeing this weekend? Right? So Saturday night primetime game with ABC getting the a crew out of the ESPN, um, you know, bucket with Kurt curb street and, and those guys, um, seems to me that that's the way that Oklahoma state should really look at this. Is it, you know, is it ideal for them to not be in the same conference as Oklahoma? No, but we're not in an ideal world. Not always are things going to work out the way that they want them to. And so they need to just bite the bullet. And it's easy for me to say, I'm an Oklahoma fan. I sit on the side of things. Oklahoma's dominated the series. Do they want to continue to be in a series in which they've been dominated? Maybe, maybe not, but you'd think that they would realize that it's good for the state. It's even good for Stillwater because what moves the needle? Like is a late November game to finish the season against Kansas State going to move the needle as much as a game against Oklahoma? Definitely not. It's just not. 
even if you keep it as a non-conference game, you play it the last week of the season, that's still an important game in the national landscape. And with where Oklahoma State's going to be in a new look Big 12, they're definitely going to be contenders in the national on the national scene. You know, I, I don't see it being a game that moves the needle if they play it early in the season. I think it's one of those that should stay late in the year. Uh, it may maybe it's not the end of the season kind of a thing, but maybe it's a November game. I mean, how much fun would it be like f- for there to be a non-conference game between Oklahoma, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State as both teams are attempting to make a push um, in the national, you know, the college football playoff rankings? I don't know. I think it could be a lot of fun. Um, you know, this this is one of those just. You, know, you hear Bob Stoops talk about it, and and he just says, you know, it's not great for either side. I, you know, and I, I mentioned it, but you know, both teams would be leaving money on the table by not playing Bedlam. Now, Oklahoma stands to make a lot of money going to the SEC with TV rights deals expected to soar uh, over the next decade or so. But still, for Norman, for Stillwater, for the state of Oklahoma, for local revenue it's a huge game and it means a lot to the, to the towns, to the state, uh, to the schools. It just moves the needle. Um, and even if it's a game where Oklahoma is dominated, people still get amped up and excited for it. I know I've, I've seen it on Twitter. I've seen it on Facebook, social media, talking with friends, family, everybody's excited for Bedlam. It doesn't matter how good Oklahoma has been or how, you know, average Oklahoma state's been. And that's why this year there's so much more energy surrounding this game because Oklahoma state's actually really, really good this year. And they're both top 10 teams vying for a place in the big 12, you know, Oklahoma state's clinched their spot, but Oklahoma's vying for a spot in the big 12 championship. And both are really looking to make a push as contenders for the college football playoff. So it's, it's an exciting game. I want to dig into my three keys of the game coming up in the next segment and then give you my picks against the spread uh, in the, the final segment. But first, I got to talk to you about Net Year. Sorry, Net Sweet. Uh, this is it the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your back screen, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade by, to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash NCAA. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's netsuite.com slash NCAA. And today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. I want to thank them so much for sponsoring the show. So no, or NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. And thank you so much for taking the time to make Locked On Sooners your number one 
listen, your first listen every single day. Uh, available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and the Odyssey app. You can also find the show on YouTube. Make sure you go subscribe there. Hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, and press that like button on each video just to let me know how you're feeling about the show. Make sure you leave a comment in the uh, replies. Love to get your feedback. Hear your thoughts. We'd love to get your predictions on on uh, on Bedlam. Let me know what you think is going to happen in this one. Your keys to the game. Love to interact with you there and talk about Bedlam with you on that one. So let's talk keys of the game. First and foremost, we got to get a Caleb Williams bounce back game. I know that's asking a lot of a true freshman going up against a team that ranks in the top 10 in both run and pass defense, but we got to get a Caleb Williams bounce back. Now this doesn't mean he has to throw for 300 yards, 400 yards like he did against Texas tech. But what it means is he has to have an efficient day throwing the football. We can't have an eight of 18 day where he's completing less than 50% of his passes. It's got to be a day where even if he's like 15 of 20 for 220 yards or whatever, that's the kind of day that they need to have. I think we need to simplify the game plan for Caleb Williams a little bit. Give him one read and go. You know, if you see your first read, it's wide open, hit it. If it's not, you run. Because this is where Caleb Williams can thrive is because he's an excellent runner. Now, they'll probably have a spy on him. But that you can use to your advantage because if somebody's spying Caleb Williams, that's one less defender in the defensive secondary in the intermediate part of the field that he's going to have to worry about. So I really would like to see them, even if it's a two-read-and-go kind of a situation, just make him make quick decisions. And in that vein, I think Lincoln Riley can get the ball out of his hands quicker with some scheme, you know, use more of the bubble screens, use more of those, you know, short passes, the RPOs, get the ball out of his hands quickly. And I don't necessarily expect the running game to be super effective in this one against the Oklahoma state Cowboys. They're one of the best run defenses in the country, but what they need to do is they need to be persistent with it. They might not run for more than three yards per carry, but even if you run at a clip of you know three yards per carry on first and second down, that gets you into a third and four situation, which is much better than sitting at second or third and seven, third and ten. You got to get Caleb Williams into short down and distances in this game so that he's got more manageable third downs to pick up, and he's not having to sit back and drop back, you know, take five step drops on third down to to try and pick up 10, 15 yards. That is going to be huge for this team. Persistent running game. Will it be efficient? Probably not. Oklahoma State's good, unless Oklahoma just has a really good game running the ball. But at least be persistent. Stick with it, Lincoln Riley. Don't go away from the running game, even if it's struggling in the first half, third quarter, whatever. We saw in the fourth quarter last week against Iowa State how even though the running game had kind of been struggling a little bit, all it took was a few carries to really get going. You know, Kennedy Brooks on their fourth quarter touchdown drive, three carries for 43 yards. Eric Gray had two carries for 10 yards, and they were able to convert that for a touchdown, doing nothing but running the football. And so I think if Lincoln Riley is able to stay persistent with the running game, it'll put the Oklahoma Sooners in better down and distances, better position to convert third downs when they get to that point, and then have a better chance to have sustained scoring drives. Sorry, that's the ice maker here at my mom and dad's celebrating down here for Thanksgiving. Uh, you can see some of the, the windows in the background down here working in the kitchen. 
uh, as everybody's asleep upstairs. But uh, sorry about the ice maker there. Um, you know, thirdly, this is one of those where you're going to put the game in Spencer Sanders' hands. Jalen Warren's a really good running back. You want to try and take him away, at least take away the home run threat a little bit. Tay Martin's a great wide receiver. He's going to make. He might be made, able to make some plays on this secondary, but you want to. If you can win rushing with four and five, that'd be great. If you're able to get him, you know, this, this is the same thing we just talked about with Caleb Williams. Try to get Sp- Spencer Sanders into some longer down and distances, less manageable third downs, you know, third and long. He, he's not going to be able to thrive in those situations. He's thrived off of mistake-free football and the running game. And if, because he's not had efficient passing days as well this year. So if the Oklahoma Sooners can get pressure on him like they did with Brock Purdy and they're able to put him in some some less than desirable downs and distances, like a you know, second and seven, third and ten, second and long, third and long, these are gonna be huge for the Oklahoma Sooners defense because that I mean, I feel like this is gonna be a defensive battle and it's gonna stay close throughout. Really, the defense can turn the tide for this team, help you know create some turnovers. Spencer Sanders is somebody who will turn the ball over. He'll throw an interception on you if you're ready for it. And that can help the offense by giving them a shorter field, putting them in better field position to capitalize and hopefully get a touchdown. Uh, you know, special teams, I think, is going to be key in this one as well. You know, Gabe Burkett, he's missed his last three field goals. They're going to need him to be better. He's got to be better. This is going to be one of those games where every single point is going to be huge. And missed field goals are are going to be huge as well. And Gabe Burgess has to rediscover the magic that that's had him hitting 40 and 50 yarders like he was like he was doing it in his sleep. Um not gonna I'm not gonna say that the burrito cursed him, but ever since he kicked the burrito, things haven't necessarily been right with Gabe Burkich. Uh, I don't know if you saw that story, but out of Norman, he had a an NIL burrito deal where he went and kicked a burrito off a tee. Um, but he, yeah, Gabe, Gabe's got to find his got He's got to find his rhythm. He's got to find his, his kick and stroke a little bit and, and find a way to, to help this team win this football game. Cause they're going to need him to kick. I, I would imagine he kicks at least has at least three field goal attempts in this game because the Oklahoma state defense, you know, they might give up a few yards, let Oklahoma, you know, to their side of the 50, but it's not going to be consistent. And every time that they get in the scoring position, they got to come away with points. That's just going to have to be where it's going to be. Um, on the defensive side of the football, I think Oklahoma is the better unit. They're better than Oklahoma State's offense. But if they can't force Spencer Sanders into um, some mistakes, then you know the Oklahoma State defense is going to be able could could capitalize on that too. We got to you know we got to make some plays happen. Got to make some splash plays happen, both offensively and defensively. The defense made a lot of splash plays last week, uh, sacks, turnovers, things like that. The offense is going to have to do the same. Much like with Caleb Williams' 74-yard touchdown run, you know, Caleb Williams' pass, touchdown pass to Mario Williams in the end zone, uh, Kennedy Brooks, he had three runs for more than 15 yards, two of those for more than 20. We got to get those kind of plays, those big momentum swinging plays in this game. Um I like the Oklahoma Sooners in this one. You know, they're getting four and a half points from betonline.ag, uh, one of our sponsors here on the show. And 
it's it's hard for me to fathom that they're getting that many points. Oklahoma State's played really good football. They're playing good, but still, it's it's bedlam. It's a game that the Oklahoma Sooners have dominated. Lincoln Riley's had a lot of success in, and Mike Gundy's not necessarily been great as the favorite. So, um. Yeah, I like Oklahoma, you know, against the spread easily. I like Oklahoma. That's, you know, giving me four and a half points uh, against the Cowboys. I'll take it. Um, But straight up even, I I like the Oklahoma Sooners in this one. And I think it's going to be something like 24 to 20 Oklahoma. Oklahoma's going to get their big 12 title berth, and they'll get to face the Oklahoma State Cowboys a week from now. But coming up next, I'll give you the rest of my picks against the spread Uh, heading into the Big 12 weekend. Uh, So make sure you stick around for that. I want to talk to you about BetOnline. And that's a great place where you can go and get props and odds on all of your favorite sports. It's Thanksgiving, and we know what that means. Football, and nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered all all holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. So head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code Locked On. And it's not just football. BetOnline is pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's BetOnline. We're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. And if you're stuffed and you need to kind of take a break from all your Thanksgiving food, make sure you go to built.com to get your best food, your best protein bar ever. Tastes great. Great chocolate covered protein bar with a lot of great calories and nutrition, nutrients as well. It's the most wonderful time of the year, Black Friday. And Built is going all out to make this Black Friday weekend the most delicious Black Friday that ever was in the history of Black Fridays. New limited time flavors, new types of bars, and a winter wonderland of a deal. You want high-end deliciousness at a discount? All through Black Friday weekend, get at least 20% off everything and anything at Built.com. Enter promo code LOCKED20. They got a new flavor, ruby chocolate puffs. These things taste great. It's marshmallowy goodness covered in a unique ruby chocolate. This has never been done with Built Bar before. There's dark chocolate, there's white chocolate, and now ruby chocolate joins the Built Bar Club. Ruby chocolate has a beautiful rose color, perfect for the holidays, and it's an actual type of chocolate that has a berry taste to it. It's unique. It's delicious. Love it. Been trying them, been eating them. Fantastic. They've also got a new lemon-dipped cheesecake puff as well. If you're into lemon and chocolate and key lime pie, lemon pie, you will love the lemon-dipped cheesecake puff. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED20 over the holiday weekend, and you can get 20% off at built.com. Plus, you can get 60% off built broth and built boost and 40% off other built swag over at built.com by using promo code LOCKED20. Hey, and again, thank you so much for making Locked On Sooners your number one listen every single day. Again, available on all podcasting platforms as well as YouTube. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button, hit the notification bell. That way you are made aware of uh, when new shows are popping up, but we're here for you daily. Uh, took a little bit of a break this week uh, for the holiday week. Uh, hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I know I did. Uh, great time with my, my family, brothers, you know, sister, um, their, their significant others, my nieces. Um, 
obviously my parents has been a great time uh, down here in Texas. Um, yes, I am from Texas, but a lot of, a lot of, a lot of Sooners in uh, Texas. So I'm not going to hold that against me. I hope, I hope you won't. I married, I married an Oklahoma girl. So uh, I'm now from Oklahoma. I might not have gotten to Oklahoma or might not have been born in Oklahoma, but I got there as fast as I could. Right. All right. So let's talk about the big 12 games against the spread and, there's some really interesting matchups this week and, and some, some matchups that could end in some, uh, some drama for a particular school from Austin. So Texas, they host uh, Kansas State this week. Texas is actually getting three points or giving three points to the, the Wildcats in this one, uh, mostly just because they're the home team. But I, man, I, like, I like the Wildcats. You know, the Longhorns have been reeling. Things are dramatic there. Nothing's really going well for them. Um, and so I, I'm not necessarily banking on them to bounce back last game of the year and necessarily, you know, uh, fight for bowl eligibility. They haven't really shown much fight all year. And um, I, I don't know. I think I, I see them ending the game on a, on the, or ending the season on a seven game slide, which would be pretty incredible in that first year of the Steve Sarkeesian era. Something that Tom Herman never saw happen. You know, just saying, just saying. Uh, and then you got TCU. They're, get, they're getting 15 points against Iowa State. And now I, I like the Cyclones. I think they're, they're a good team. They're a solid team. Uh, but I just don't know if they're 15 points better than TCU. I mean, if Iowa State's at their best, yes. But I just don't know if they're a team that is playing their best football right now. You know, they allowed um, Texas Tech to score 40, 41 points on them just a few weeks back, a couple weeks ago. Uh, Oklahoma, they you know they were moving the ball well, but could never really capitalize on on what they were doing offensively. And so I don't necessarily think that they're going to be able to cover that 15 point spread for TCU. So I'm I'm taking the underdog in that one and taking TCU. Now Baylor versus Tech, this is going to be an interesting one because we've got a quarterback situation going on down there in Baylor. Gary Bohannon, it's you know I, I haven't seen any news as to whether or not he's going to be healthy or not. But if he's healthy, I definitely like Baylor in this one. But even if not. I think Baylor's defense is good enough to stifle the Texas Tech offense. And, uh, you know, Baylor's laying 14. I, I like Baylor minus the points. I think this is one of those that could be another uh, similar to what happened last week between Oklahoma State and uh, Texas Tech where Texas struggles to score points. I think Baylor's offense, their running game in particular, is good enough to, to put up big numbers against uh, the Texas Tech Red Raiders. So give me Baylor minus the 14 in that one. And then we can, this is the one that has some uh, some interesting implications to it. So Kansas, they're a plus 15 and a half dog to West Virginia. Um, if they win this game, then potentially if they win and Texas loses to Kansas State, Texas will finish last in the Big 12. <clears throat> if Kansas wins and Texas loses, Texas will finish last in the Big 12 based on the tiebreaker with Kansas beating Texas. Yep. Don't you just love to say that, Kansas beating Texas? Shouldn't revel in that too much. We've, we've had our own disappointments, but not that bad. Um, but let's just talk against the spread. I mean, Kansas is getting 15 and a half points in this one against West Virginia. So they, they lost to TCU by three. They lost to Oklahoma just by 12. 
I don't see West Virginia as a team capable of getting out to a, a 16 point lead against Kansas. So give me the points in Kansas. And I know that be, might be shocking to say, but I just don't necessarily trust West Virginia to be able to score consistently enough to win or to, to cover the spread. And so Kansas is playing good football. You know, they've played good football different times throughout the year. Right now they're playing some of their best all year and their best in probably a decade. Uh, so give me Kansas and the points covering the 15 and a half. So to, to recap, I'm going to take Kansas state uh, plus three versus Texas. I'm going to take TCU plus 15 versus Iowa state. I'm going to take Baylor minus 14 against Texas tech and Kansas plus 15 and a half versus West Virginia. Now I got the Dallas Cowboys or I took the, the Las Vegas Raiders uh, mine or plus seven and a half versus Dallas today. I also took the over in that contest as well. So a lot of great odds and props over at bet online, but thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show. Hope you are looking forward to bedlam as much as I am. We'll be back to talk about it. Um, Saturday night, maybe Sunday night to, to get, you know, recapped on this game and, and, see where Oklahoma's going from there. Hopefully it's a big 12 championship game. We'll have to talk about next week. Uh, But otherwise we'll be back to talk about where Oklahoma goes, regardless of this outcome. But my name is John Williams. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter at locked on Sooners on Facebook, locked on Sooners podcast. You follow me on Twitter at John nine Williams and read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners at the Sooners wire at USA today.com. Make sure you also subscribe to the show on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts, but hit that like and notification button wherever you get your podcast, but on YouTube. But until we talk again, I'm John Williams, Boomer Sooner.